What's up, fam? Cece here. When we end every famine-fed episode with come to the table, we mean it. When we say stay fed, fam, we say it because we love y'all as family. We value everyone as our brother and sister, created in the image and likeness of our same Heavenly Father. Our hearts are broken seeing the injustice and trauma that racism and police brutality have inflicted on our brothers and sisters of the Black community. We stand with you to fight with and for you in however we may be called to, to hear your stories and to sit with you in silence as you process. We know this has gone on for far too long and that racism is rampant, even though many may believe otherwise. The following episode is a recording of a famine fed IG live special titled Broken and Shared. Our guests were Alexandria Glade and Laura Lynn Solano, our good friends and a Catholic mother-daughter duo sharing their perspectives. Alex as a young black woman in the Catholic church and Lynn as a woman of color herself and as the mother of a young black woman in today's world. We pray that the Holy Spirit may enlighten our minds and open our hearts to their stories, no matter how uncomfortable, no matter how gut-wrenching and no matter how difficult it may be to hear. What is up, fam? That's Father Raj's line, but he's not on yet, so I'm saying it. What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Trying to get Father Raj connected here. Padre! What's up? Sorry. What's up? I said the what is up, fam. What is up, fam? <laughs> to everybody. Um, you get to say that tonight because you're hosting. I but, said uh, it. I know. I'm gonna. Should I say it again when Lynn and, uh, Re- and Alex get on? That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> um, uh, okay, I have my mask for a while. Hi, everybody. That's um, funny. Anyway, hello, everybody. Um, I'm, you know, I don't want to. Uh, spend too much time um, getting in the way here. So, um, yeah, um, it's a joy to have you all and um, joy to, uh, even in the midst of whatever we're going through, it's a joy to be able to share and break bread with you guys, right? Um, real quick, Cece, how you been? It's been a crazy day, crazy week. Love you. Good to see you. It's, it's been crazy. Good to Don't see you, too. It's been here. I think in spite of everything that's going on. I know. Is your fan on? Yeah, sorry. Is it super loud? It's not my fan. I, I will suffer. I will okay. suffer the heat. Okay. No, it's okay. Is, it's, is it that better? Like you're outside. No, no good you're now. good. You're good. Okay. Yeah, that's better. I'll turn so it maybe, on when, um, I, when I start listening to stories. In, um, okay, perfect. I'll, um, I'm going to, before we bring Lynn and um, Alex on, I just wanted to say for those of you who are new here to Famine Fed, um, my name is Cecilia and this is Father Raj. We're the Fam and Fed duo. Um, Father Raj, you want to just give a little brief intro on what our podcast is about and then I, I can talk about why we're doing this special today. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, Cecilia and I, we we kind of um, in, in in ministry, we used to have a lot of meals together. Literally, like we would break bread together and we would have conversation, and um, and and a lot of people would overhear our conversation. No, they would they would overhear our conversation and say, "Man, we uh, we we you guys have a podcast." And we, in both of our own experiences, we've just totally understood that there's something powerful about about breaking bread together and um, and sharing stories. Right. Like, I mean, that's our faith, right? Super liturgical, right? Yeah. To break mm. bread. And it's what we do every, every mass, right? We break bread and then we share stories and we listen to other people's stories. You listen to the stories of the gospel. And, um, and so that's something important to us. Um, and, and, and so that's, I mean, I, mean, I guess I'm taking your, your bit, but that's why we're, we're here tonight, right? We want to share a story. Yeah, exactly. We say at the end of our podcast, come to the table. And then Father Raj says, uh, stay fed, Stay fed, Um, And so the concept of table and gathering at a table and the banquet is so essential to our faith. We hear about it in the readings all the time, the Eucharistic banquet, the heavenly banquet, right? Um, and during this time that all of this stuff is happening, the Black Lives Matter movement is, is at the forefront of everything that's going on. Racism is being called out, police brutality. Um, we just feel that I think there are many people now expressing that they do not feel welcome at the table, um, specifically in the context of church. So we wanted to open this conversation up to talk about that because we always say that come to the table and we mean that. But there are people who don't feel that there is a seat um, or that they are welcome at the table. So that is how we are tying that into our food theme. <laughs> Faith yeah. Food. Yeah. So, Podcast. you know, it's not it's not ice cream. It's not bread making today. Um, it's we're talking about a serious topic, but an important one. I mean, I, seriously, like um, we know we know that that Jesus broke bread with people and he listened to their stories. Right. Like like whether that's Nicodemus, Nicodemus or, or Zacchaeus or or uh, uh, the Samaritan woman or or even the apostles. Right. Like even he breaks bread and he shares a story with them uh, after the resurrection. You know, we know that's one of our favorite passages here on famine fed. Right. Like. And and so tonight I'm just inviting folks. Uh, we are uh, famine fed. We're inviting people to just just listen to to these stories and um, and, and listen well. And, and, and if love if Jesus is love himself. And he listened to other stories. Um, uh, we should do the same, right? We should listen. And um, yeah, we were made in that image and likeness. I'm going to get out of the way. Uh, I'm going to get out of the now, way Father, here. Before you Shortly. go, um, yeah. can you lead us in a prayer? I know um, Lynn and Alex are watching and they'll hop on after you. But um, if you could do a prayer oh, for cool. all of us that yeah. are watching right now and kind of so prep them and prep our hearts sure, for sure. what they're going to share with us. Uh, before prayer, uh, since Lynn and, and I think I think I saw them log in. Uh, I want to just say real quick, uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Lynn, thank you, Alex, Alexandria, um, thank you for um, for sharing your stories with us because I won't be on here later. I just want to say thank you. Um, uh, Lynn has been a collaborator, a fellow uh, companion in this minute time, and then and Alex, um, uh, I worked with her on uh, Diocesan of Men, and she was on my she was on my MC team. Right. So, uh, so I helped her, uh, MC for a diocesan event. And, um, so, uh, yeah, I just want to say God bless to all of you guys and uh, to, to you, uh, Lynn and Alex, thank you so much for, 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 um, allowing, um, yourself to be shared, uh, tonight. And, um, I know this might sound really crazy, um, CC, but this is kind of what we do sometimes <laughs> we go crazy, uh, for the prayer. Can, can I bless the, I'm going to do the bl blessing before meals. Ooh. Um, just, I mean, like, listen to the words and like maybe receive. 
don't know, man, maybe people are thinking that's super corny, but I, I, you know, I was praying these words earlier at, and, but I, it really is like, let's receive one another, other, let's receive these stories. Like, mm. um, yes. so, um, and so maybe that's the blessing that, um, uh, maybe that's the blessing that I can share with all you guys today. And, and really may, may we all be blessed, uh, by what we're about mm. to receive. So, yes. um, Amen. in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which we are about to receive from thy bounty, through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. May Almighty God bless this conversation, bless the stories we're about to hear, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Amen. Uh, stay, stay fed, fam. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave here, but please, please, please listen to these, um, these, these amazing stories. And, and uh, just like Jesus does, if you guys yes. have questions... Um, so Cece is going to moderate the questions and everything. So, yes. um, yep. Um, I'll be praying with you guys and I'll be with you guys. Um, but I want to make way for these two amazing, amazing, uh, women. God bless you guys. Thanks so three, much. Three amazing, women. three amazing women. You too, Cece. God bless, <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. Wow. That was. Father Raj, I know you're signing off, but that was not corny. So that, wow. I'm like, that's. That's a great idea is something to pray before you enter into a loving conversation with someone. I'm working on adding uh, Lynn and Alex on now. So as that's connecting, if you look on the bottom of the screen under next to the comment section, there is a question and answer button. Feel free to drop questions in there. Um, as we mentioned, we're here to share stories. Hi, ladies. Y'all are beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Hi. Everybody. I'm like crying. Nothing's happened and I'm crying. So, um, <laughs> so I just wanted to say the format that we're going to be going for is really, as Father Raj was saying, we're here to listen, to hear your guys' stories, what you guys have to say about what's going on in your experience. And again, we honor you and we thank you for opening your hearts to us. We know that um, when you share a story, you open your heart, but you also kind of leave a piece of yourself with others. And that's a brave thing to do in this time. Um, and we're not entitled to your story but you're sharing it um so thank you uh we honor you for that and um i'm gonna can see i'm gonna see the floor to you guys to kind of talk um introduce yourselves and kind of talk about whatever it is you guys want to talk about and i'll be monitoring the questions below um and again feel free to ask questions if they're relevant to what they're talking about i might pop it up on the screen so they can see it and answer it as we go Sounds good. <laughs> um, okay, well, hi everyone. My name is Alexandria Glaude. I am a wrestler for the U.S. national team. I just graduated college. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm a devout Catholic, grew up in the faith, and was raised by this amazing woman. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're here to talk about the uncomfortable stuff, but <laughs> somebody's got to talk about it. So. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, as she said, I'm her mother. Uh, my name is Laura Lynn Solano. Um, not on any wrestling team, but um, raised one. <laughs> uh, I um, also Catholic. I, I, I do work for the diocese, so um, there's that. And um, but yeah, uh, I, you know, background. Uh, we're not experts on the subject, but um, I did receive my bachelor's degree in ethnic studies. And Alexandria received just recently. Um, yeah, I have a minor in ethnic studies and I double majored in sociology and communication studies. So 
I'm not an expert yet, but I have been devoting a lot of my research to basically anything that has to do with um, social injustice or ways that we can just be better human beings. So, yeah. And yeah. Um, as, as my, um, what I do for the diocese is uh, I'm a, I'm the assistant director for lay formation. So when I talk about formation, it's a uh, forming, not just the, you know, the spiritual life, but the whole person. So, um, uh, this is something that we're really passionate about, um, something that we've experienced. So what we're going to be talking about, like you said, is uncomfortable. Uh, uh, but it, what's, um, what's interesting for me that I reflecting on, even as father Raj did the, uh, the prayer before meals is that, mm. you know, we're called to lay our lives down. We're called, you know, mm. exactly as Jesus did. And we, we, we approach that altar. Um, maybe not right now where we're fasting from that, but we have a desire to approach that altar because he laid his life down in order to feed us. Um, so mm. it's so appropriate. And, and this is actually a very vulnerable time for, for Alexandria and myself um, uh, and, and many in the community um, bearing and laying our lives down um, for the sake of others. And, um, you know, I'm not one to be in front of the screen much. And, um, but I feel like it's a conversation <laughs> that happens. Uh, so yeah. I didn't even want to share my picture with Cece and she's like, oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. there's a lot, uh, you know, I, I guess anything you want to say before? Well, I am just really, oh my gosh, sorry. I just see, saw one of my teammates pop up. Um, so I'm excited that so many different people are tuning in from different, um, backgrounds of this chat today is just that. A lot of people have felt left out of the church, whether that be the Catholic Church or Christianity as a whole, you know, because we mm -hmm. do belong to that bigger church. And so I think with how much division is happening, um, being able to speak to a larger group of people because, you know, for God so loved the world, we should be speaking to everybody and being able to point out all of the different groups of people who haven't been able to receive God's love and who have been turned away from those who proclaimed to spread God's love. Mm. And that's aggravating. Um, it's frustrating because he left behind so many different examples. I mean, if you read anywhere in the Bible, he's given us so many tools and people that he's used. And um, it's just unfortunate that there's a narrative that people have spun within the church to continue <laughs> to oppress people. And so I think that's that's why we have to talk today and we have to keep talking tomorrow yeah. and every day. Yeah. And while this is, um, you know, we, we are talking about the faith and um, and and being... Uh, able to sit at the same table, um, even in greater society with what we're seeing and what we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just, you know, we, we've had conversations, Cecilia and I have had conversations mm -hmm. about many things about, you know, making room at the table, right? You know, we need to make room for them at the table. And sometimes I think, who do we think we are saying we need to make room at the table, right? It's not our table to make room for. This is Ooh. actually... <clears throat> this this has been set before us, and Say we are actually privileged to have a seat at it. Mm. And what we need to do is look around and see who's taking up all this space in in in, in, in the spaces that other people belong. So I don't mm. need to you know make room. We don't need to create a seat. We don't need to do any of that. What we need to do is get out of the way and allow Ooh. these people to have access to what God has already given them their their dignity, mm. their place at the table to be fed. Ooh. And sometimes we are so hungry, right? Like we think, we think we deserve that seat. We deserve that honor. And what we do is we block other from others from receiving that. And that's been our experience, you know, in general. Um, and that's Preach. very difficult for some to hear. <laughs> to hear. 
um, you know, raising Alexandria up, you know, she's, you know, she's black, you know, I, I'm, I'm Filipino. Her father was black, um, who, who passed away. Um, being, um, raising her in the Catholic faith, you know, we, we lived in, 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 in the 707. We lived in, in, in Fairfield, right? And um, that was actually identified as one of the most diverse places in the country. I, I don't remember what year the study was. But it was so difficult for me to find opportunities to show that she, you know, that, that she belongs to this church because we walk in. And if you got the chance to listen to Ike and Lolo saying that they're the only black family in, in, in the church, mm. I, how do I make a place for her to feel welcome in this place that God is so good, right? How, how do mm. I? So, I, you know, I searched out Catholic speakers and preachers and, you know, and all of that who, who are black. We went to L.A. Congress and I, you know saw Father Massingale, like I saw whoever I could find just so that she could connect her faith. And um, that's very sad to me. That's very sad to me that I had to do, make that extra effort. Um, no, Lynn, I think, I, I mean, I, that resonates with me because I think, you know, we, uh, I think we're, we're in some ways privileged because where we live, there are many Filipino Catholics. So we are able to find other people who look like us, but there are many people who don't think that's an issue. And I know we've talked about this on a level, but right, they say, well, it's not about race. It's not about ethnicity. It's about faith. And we all have the same faith. So what does it matter if the speaker is white? What are your thoughts on that? Because I think that's that's something that even kind of in this narrative right now, it's it's coming to the forefront. And I know that's a hot button question, but I think your your opinions on that so that people can understand why that even matters. Oh, man, I think that's always an easy thing to say when you've always been used to receiving from somebody who looked like you. So I think it's hard when it's what you've grown up with. And so if it's not something that has directly impacted you, then, of course, you're going to be like, whoa, like, why do we have to change things all of a sudden? It's always been done this way. And it's like, mm, it's been done that way for you. Right. And there was never meant to be any like sort of division. And God made us all unique. There's no one else like us. Right. He created us in his own image and his image is bigger than any of us could ever understand. Right. So he never meant for us to just not see each other's differences. We were meant to love each other because mm -hmm. of our differences. You know what I mean? So, like, I think mm -hmm. that's yeah. just a really difficult and um, irresponsible way and approach of looking at things. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be entitled to receive from one, the same God, but mm -hmm. also by somebody who looks like them, who was also created in God's image and likeness. Like, it's not just one image. And um, while you were speaking, that made me think of kind of a conversation I've had with people before, um, specifically in the Black community of, like, not taking on the religion of your oppressor. And that has always mm -hmm. been really difficult for me because when you think about it, like, Jesus didn't come for white people. He didn't come for black people. Again, like I said earlier, he came for all of us. And it's frustrating that throughout history, we've seen like colonization and oppression using Jesus Christ as a means to oppress people. So of course, people are going to feel like they don't belong at this table. They're not going to feel like they belong in this church, but the church was meant for us and it was mm. meant for these communities. So um, yeah, we've got to stop that one. <laughs> we've got to stop that narrative. Lynn, any thoughts from you on that? Oh man, I got caught up in that. Um, yeah, you know, being, you know, in, in ethnic studies, there, there's always been this ongoing issue of, you know, taking on the, the religion of your oppressor, right? And um, you've, been, you've been colonized to think that way. But throughout mm -hmm. history, if we know one thing is that the evil one, the evil one will take what is good 
and try to use it for and pervert it to make it its own in order to entice, right? Like, like the serpent said, look at that fruit, you know? Yeah, you know you want that. Like the Lord, God created that fruit, right? God, God created that tree. There was nothing, what was bad was that, um, you know, was the disobedience. But what the serpent did was he took what was good and he presented it in a, to, to divide, right? And so that's, mm. that's exactly what's happening. You know, they, they're taking this, even now, the message of Jesus Christ is being perverted for people's own gain. I'm not going mm. to mention people who use religious articles in order for their own gain, right? Or religious quotes for their own gain. You know, if you look at some people's feeds, all over it is a, is a bunch of, what, what no, no other better way to say it, just, just, just lack of God. But then they've got, for God so loved the world, in their bio. Like, if you're going to quote that, then live it, right? Um, so that's, that's that, and that, that really perverts the, the, the message of Jesus is because they look at the followers who, who are self-proclaimed followers and they say, yeah, you know, I love Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to go and make racist jokes, right? Or for, for one example, she cried calling me, you know, mom, I went to mass at school and, um, you know, they, they, these, you know, the, the rest, there was like, what, five other people there. And they laughed at her saying that she had a towel on her head. So I'm about to go and worship at the Lord's table and then walk into this. What does that say about you? Right? What does that say about the faith? And if you're not grounded in that faith, what's going to happen? Like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that mess. So yeah. Small thought. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's a small thought, but a big question, right? And I mean, really, it's a big thought and it's it's a really sad thing because I think, you know, many of us um, POCs in general, but I mean, I think the black community experiences something really different. I, I noticed something, I think you posted a couple or Alex, a couple, um, I want to say a couple years ago on, on Facebook, you posted a picture with your mom. Cause you're right. Your mom doesn't like taking pictures. Um, and you said something like, cause people don't believe my mom is Filipino <laughs> or something, right? People don't believe that she's your mom. And you guys are an, your, your family is, you know, very reflective of many families now that are multicultural, that are biracial, that are mixed with, you know, a multitude, right, of, of different ethnicities and different backgrounds. So what what is that dynamic for you guys? Because as a Filipino myself, and again, this is going to be maybe a tough question, I think many in the Filipino and maybe in the Asian community, if we want to bridge it, can tend to be very anti-Black and racist and maybe not blatantly and maybe not in the way that they say things, but implicitly and that the way that they act and even things like, you know, all the skin whitening products in the Philippines. I mean, can you guys talk a little bit about that? Because I think that experience is maybe overlooked and not talked about, but it is actually very common. Like I have many friends who are not Black, but are raising Black children, right? So what what is that? Maybe if you could touch on that a little bit. Take it <laughs> <laughs> well um just for those who might be confused her name is alexandria and sometimes I'm sorry people call her alex some people call her ria it's just, okay <laughs> just so you know so, yeah if she's saying ria she's referring to me so. yeah yes. so this <laughs> is ria this is alex this is you know the gladiator if you're a wrestler oh um, the gladiator i've never heard that <laughs> yeah uh so alex her her father and i were were, were um we got together in high school, right? We were boyfriend and girlfriend. We were never married. Um, but in 2004, he was he was killed by violence, right? So um, she had the experience of growing up around her black family, um, you know, quite often. Um, and then at the age of seven, he was taken from us. 
Um, after that, like I did the best I can to make sure she always had a relationship with her black family. Um, I also, you know, and then I, I married Jason, who is Filipino. So I've got three other children who are Filipino. So she's grown up in a primarily Filipino household. Um, but I knew that there were challenges that I was going to face, even down to her hair, because, you know, we've got different hair textures. So <laughs> I didn't want her to feel like she she needed to have straight hair. I bought her books. Right. I, I tried to find um, again, like I tried to find different speakers, different things, diff expose her to all these different things so that she felt included. Um, for the most part, most of my family is pretty open and loving um, and uh, race, you know, there are moments that sometimes, you know, we definitely need to be checked. But for the most part, um, the community that we've been a part of has been very, very loving. Um, there, there have been instances where I've had to I have had to check people on the side, you know, and um, because I'm like, you are not going to say that around my child. You are not going to say that in general. Right. Um, especially from people who are supposed to be from church. So that's, mm. you know, that's another thing. But it, it, it is difficult. And, and you need you need good role models. Um but there's some, you know, like she she grew up eating Filipino food, right? But you know, like so she's 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 very Filipino, but her phenotype, which is ethnic studies word for the way she looks, is black. So the way she's experiencing the world is going to be different than the way that she's experiencing life in the Filipino household. Mm. So, do you have anything? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that like in, and I've seen a lot of this conversation happening online between like different Filipino family members and people that I follow of how Filipino households have adopted some white ideology. And some of those are like definitely racist ideology on how we view black people. Cause I mean, it's a lot of people would hate to admit this, but when you look at the history of immigrants in this country, like upon the very worst of treatment, it has always been the black community. It's as long as I'm not treated like black people or, you know, mm. I may be this minority, but I'm not black. Mm -hmm. And so mm. that has been difficult yeah. in trying to get people to understand that it's like, no, we're not all walking around with our different baggage, but if you are unwilling to acknowledge the struggles that are happening in this community and how you're reinforcing it in your like speech and at home, then like it's never going to get better. And I think within our own Filipino community and like my family and like the church community, I think people were very accepting of me, but not acknowledging that I was black and instead reinforcing like, oh, Rhea's not like them. They're not like... Ooh people I see mm -hmm. on TV. They're not yeah. this, that, and the other thing. But it's like, if you didn't know me, then you would see me as that before even understanding. Mm. It shouldn't take getting to know my family, realizing that my mom is Asian, to believe that I'm worthy of God's love or believe mm. that I'm not a criminal. Mm. So, like, that's the one thing that we have to, like, get rid of is thinking that we need to understand people to believe that they're worthy. And I mm. think that's happened a lot is people know me, they know my family, Therefore, like they're willing to look past whatever stigma they've placed on black people. But it's like, no, you need to keep that same energy with every black person you encounter. Yeah. Because so they treat it more as like an exception, right? Like, well, I have yeah. this thought, but like these are the ones that I choose of that community that I'm okay with. Right. And it's like, yeah. I don't want uh -huh. to be your exception. I want you to love me because I'm black and Filipino. And that mm. was something I struggled with growing up was feeling like I had to pick either or when it's like, I'm a black mm. woman and I'm a Filipino woman, I can be both because that's literally exactly what I am. That's how God <laughs> created me and that's it. And I take on the struggles of what it means to be black. And it's not like I'm tired of being black or I'm ashamed of it. It's just that the world painted this picture for me. And mm. I'm grateful, you know, that 
I had a mom who was educated to help me understand this, but you can't say the same for everybody. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's an important part. Like even before I, I, I went to go get my degree, um, just really reflecting on what is God calling us to, that uniqueness of, of each and every one of us. And then also understanding our own history and the sins of our, our forefathers and our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, like, like Alexandria mentioned, like in the Filipino community, if you don't understand why we have the, the, the sins that we do or the issues that we do, you might want to look at that. I mean, there's a reason why the Old Testament has lists of names and lists of experience, because you don't want to forget that. That's an experience of a people, and you need to know what that experience is. And as a Filipino people in particular, we've been colonized over and over and over again, right? Like, you know, if you look at the indigenous people of the Philippines, we're, we're Igorots, very, very similar to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're very similar to that. Uh, and, and then, you know, different groups came in. And the Philippines wasn't even one country as, as a whole. There are different mm-hmm. villages, different tribes, right? Uh, and and so as Filipinos, you, you have to understand that colonial mentality that, oh, you know, yeah, I'm Filipino, but I also have some Spanish and some Chinese, you know, or I'm, um, you know, or, or that idea of using that skin whitening or that, like Alexandria mentioned, yeah, you're, um, you know, we, we, we choose to use our color when we feel it would benefit us. Oh, yeah, I'm Ooh. down. I can say that. I could, I could, I could, I could get Ooh. into hip hop. I could say the N word because you know what? We brown, right? Oh, except for when you're in the store and then, you know, you see someone acting up because they've been, they've been falsely accused and all of a sudden, Ooh, I'm not with them. Yeah, yeah, no, look, mm. I'm a nice little Asian Filipino, right? We get over that. That's that's what's causing what's. I mean, these are symptoms of the sin that we're experiencing right now. That's that's happening outside right now. So, um, yeah. There's a question. So good. So good. So I put this question out. It says it's it mentions uh, women of color, but I think maybe this is a question even just for the wider church. What can women of color? I guess what can we do to support sisters or other people who may not get it but want to get it? And I think that's a good question, right? A lot of people right now want to understand. They don't understand. It's not their experience, but they want to understand what what do you suggest being, you know, uh, in this world? This is your world. I think the best place to start if <laughs> there's a lot of places you could start. Um, but I saw <laughs> this from another pastor um, who just keeps reinforcing that racism is not um, it's not a black people issue. Like it's a sin issue. So like racism is sin. And if we all are Christians, if we all are Catholics, then we all can agree that we want to live our lives aiming to be without sin, you know, to be closer to the image that Jesus Christ is for us. And so if we can identify the sin for what it is, then we can acknowledge that it's wrong. It's not the way that Mm. Jesus calls us to be. So if we can agree on that sense, and not that it's like a black versus white thing, it's that we Mm. believe in Jesus and Jesus does not like racism, then like we can build from there, you know, like it's not mm-hmm. that only black people or only minorities are responsible for um, getting rid of racism. It's an all people issue that we need to tackle at once. It's our Christian obligation to help speak against sin. So that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, so how do we help someone get it? Um, I think it, it, it would help to, we can't force anything on anyone. Like we know that, but if they're asking, then there's a willingness to know. And I think that's where you begin. Mm-hmm. It, it, it begins in the, the adjustment of the will, the willingness, the, the, the will's ability to be molded and not hardened. 
because mm. some people right away, what's going on, the first thing they're going to say is, don't they know that's wrong? Right? What good is that mm. going to do you? Why are you looting? Why are you stealing? That's wrong. Don't they know that's wrong? Right? And that's the first thing that they look at. So in order to get it, I think the, that people need to do are, is take a self-reflection, right? And understand that um, you are coming from a place, all of us are coming from a certain place of privilege. Identify that privilege where you are, right? People are, we're coming from a norm, a norm that we understand, right? Like just not that long ago, we went to the Philippines, right? And, and the whole family went. And my, my, my little kids are looking at the other kids playing in the street and just running around and they don't understand, like, how can they just run out there like that? Why don't they have shoes on, right? And to them, it, the kids that are running around, it's not a big deal because that's their norm, right? And for my kids, that's not their norm. So the first thing that people would say would be, like, oh, that's weird. That's, that's weird. Why would they do that? And that's the same thing when they say, oh, this is my norm. Oh, look at that. Let me touch it, right? Right? If they don't understand where their norm is and where, what, what is um, the dominant culture, then you're not going to be able to move from that. So I think one is going to be an acknowledgement of where you are, right? Mm. And, and, and God even did that to Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? He calls us out to say, <laughs> where, where are we and how do we move from that, right? And, 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 and what God was doing, he was checking Adam. He was like, where are you? What did you do, right? Adam had to think, where am I? So the first thing would be an acknowledgement of where you are and what your privilege is, right? And then moving from there, an accompaniment. We can't just get mad, like, even though we want to, because, you know, especially the history of, of Black community in, in America is, is one of oppression. So if, if something sets them off when you're trying to say, you know, can you, can you teach me? You know, and, that's a, and then it feels like just another demand that you're asking of me, you oppressor, mm -hmm. right? So we also have to be very, um, on both sides, very charitable, but also understanding of why there's an anger there, a deep-seated anger. You know, something mm -hmm. I challenge, like the, the, the Filipino community is like, there's some, I, I forget, like in the 90s, someone made a comment in one of the uh, the, late, the shows, right? And was saying, oh, he, they ordered a Filipino bride, right? All, suddenly, all the Filipinos were like, we are boycotting, we are not going to stand for that, right? Can you imagine now this, all of the, the, all of the issue, all, all of the pain, all of the struggles that the black community has experienced? We were offended by that joke, but the whole black community. So there's an understanding, like one, know where you are, Two, accompany one another. And three, be willing to get your feelings hurt, right? Like, be vulnerable. Like, I think, I think we need to be able to do that. No, don't get so sensitive. Like, I'm going to teach you because we're going to move from where you are. And that might be painful, especially if you are very secure in that place and you don't want to be. Mm. So, talking too much. <laughs> no, that's good. It needs it needs to be heard. And I think everything you're saying, I think, uh, you know, if and people who are watching, drop some comments in there. Let them know. Um, if you have any more questions, keep them coming. Now, this is a good question as well, because it kind of relates to what we just said. Now, recommendations for getting these conversations started in our own parishes or, you know, in our circles, in our families. We know the conversation needs to be had, right? Like we, that is obvious. Um, and I'm sure we've all experienced it. But what do you guys think recommendations for how to get those conversations started? You did give a few, but maybe on a church level, in a, a big circle level. <laughs> that's the big question <laughs> what's 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 crazy is if 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 we ask the question how do we you know how do we how do we organize volunteers or how do we get people to come to the youth group like people spit out ideas right um but how do we talk about race because you know 
I don't know how many of you have been around a, a, a person or a family member that when they, when they, you know, there's someone like, who is that? Or, or they're trying to explain something to you. What they say is, oh, you know, what did they look like? Well, you know, they were like about five foot tall. They had like, you know, big earrings and they were black, right? Mm. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. afraid to say the word black, right? Or if I say racist or racism, oh, all of a sudden like people tense up. So I think that's, um, so I think we just need to have it. I just think we need to say it. Um, I think like whatever agency you have and the groups that you're in that, that you say, okay, what we're going to discuss today is racism and stop for a moment, you know, definitely pray and say, you know what, the moment I say that, that, that tenses people up. The minute I say racism, the minute, minute I say black lives matter, people are like, oh, what did you do? Oh, you know, and it's like, okay, you sit in that uncomfort, that uncomfortableness for a moment. And think about why that feels uncomfortable to you. Think about why that feels like, oh, I don't know if we should talk about that because someone will get offended. You know what? People are going to get offended. Offend. Yeah. You know, well, and then the community, y'all been offended. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think if everybody just waits for, like, the perfect opportunity to have it, then I mean, like, we're still here fighting the same fight. So I think people just have to be willing to jump right in. And we can fix stuff along the way. But if we just continually sit, sit back and let things happen, then no conversations are happening in that way. And, I mean, yeah, like you said, like Jesus, I mean, offend people because, like, I mean, Jesus did the same. And I just love, I, okay, I don't love him being sarcastic, but currently people are using a lot of different stories in the Bible of, like, what Jesus would do, not remembering the times that Jesus was persecuted. Like, and I kind of want to liken him not exactly, Okay, so people are quoting Martin Luther King right now, right? Yeah. And how peaceful he was, not remembering that people like, people absolutely yeah. hated Martin Luther King. That's why he was assassinated yeah. in the first place, for being peaceful. And so much more Jesus, right? Mm. So I feel like people need to be willing to take themselves out of that, like, oh, like, not me. Like, I'm so high and mighty, like, judgmental attitude. And, like, everybody yeah. needs to have their own self, like, reflection check because... While Jesus did come, like, with was never, he was the only one who was qualified to be high and mighty. And even still, he humbled himself to where we were at to receive. So I feel like even so much mm -hmm. more us having these conversations of, like, humble yourself if you feel, like, offended by even having this conversation and question why yeah. it is that you feel uncomfortable in the first place. I mean, so often things get misconstrued because people are unable to listen. Mm. And we miss things when we don't listen. And if you just like, like listening doesn't automatically mean that you agree, but you're missing out on the chance to experience yeah. wisdom from other people and people's experiences. Ooh. So maybe there's less talking that needs to happen and more just simple listening or mm -hmm. rereading the gospel and reflecting on it. Mm -hmm. I think it's also um, one thing with what's going on. We have to name it. We have to put a name to it. You know, when, mm -hmm. when Jesus like, when he approached that woman who had seven spirits in her, um, he, he didn't say, get out. No, he did something first. He, he said, tell me your name, right? And he named them. Like they said their name. And, he, and then he ordered them out. You have to identify where the wound is coming from, right? If you're mm -hmm. a doctor and you see someone bleeding, you're not just going to throw a freaking Band-Aid wherever you see the blood. You're going to research where that wound is coming from. If there's still something in there, you got to clean that out, right? And it's going to be uncomfortable. So we have to mm -hmm. be able to say these things. We have to be able to say that this is a sin, right? That racism yeah. is a deep sin, right? And, it, and, and it's causing division. 
And I, you know, there was a pastor that I watched just recently, and he said something really, you know, like just resonated with me is that you don't hear people when, when, when Jesus was, you know, when, when he was preaching on the, uh, the Mount, right? Uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitude, right? You didn't hear them saying, well, what about the rest of us? You know, like poor yeah. lives matter, right? Or, or, or blessed are the meek. Well, what about us who aren't meek? We should matter. We're, we should be blessed too, right? And it doesn't, you know, and that's, that's a selfishness. Mm. That's a selfishness of people mm. thinking, well, what about me? What about me, right? And, and not realizing, dude, you're part of the 99. Jesus is trying to help that one, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what are you doing? Why are you just sitting there? Why aren't you helping? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus for real wow. came back to Thomas. Because he missed it. He missed it and he came back. Because he, he missed came it. Back Not only that, but Thomas doubted too. He came, he came back, mm. back for the one who was doubting. And he's like, look, mm. here, touch. <laughs> so... Yeah. I, and, and I think it's like it's it's, it's going to be a community that's going to be walking along with these things. We realize what the sin is, and you know what? Something that that I thought about was like you feel uncomfortable when you're waiting in line for confession, right? Or if you if you're guilty of something, someone says it that that that's that sets you off, right? Right? That sets you off. So if someone like let's say you've got a porn addiction and someone says pornography is bad, then. Or if you, you know, if, if stealing is bad, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're kind yeah. of burned by that sin because it's been called out in you, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we say racism, we need to talk about racism, and you're like, you might want to think about, oh, why, why do I feel that way, right, right, um, and, and even beyond. There's something that's trying to divide us. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting what you're saying because you're right. When people are so hesitant to say black lives matter, right? Like they they can't deal with the, you know, and then we see the all lives matter, and I think yesterday I saw eternal life matters. It's, you know, it's getting a little out of hand here, but I think, you know, it's what you're saying. They feel like something is being taken away from them. But if we go back to what you guys were saying at the very beginning, the table is already set and everyone has a seat, right? Like you, what, no one, you are already sitting and eating. Why are you so concerned about having something taken away from you when you already at this table? It's like, I mean, I'm looking at, remembering the image of you living, you know, pretending to block Alex, like you are blocking people from receiving when that is the attitude that you have as if you know as if there's not more than enough to go around as if each of us are not already as if each of us don't already have what corresponds to us through the love of the lord right and so i think that is something to definitely right why aren't you eating why aren't you eating eating your food and also i feel like what does that say about your trust in god and his you know what i mean like okay i'm sometimes bad at quoting like at the top of my head but you know that one time when god was like don't save anything like Mm -hmm. i will feed you don't save anything and it went bad when they tried to save it Mm -hmm. so much so like you said there's enough seats at the table for everybody and people are grabbing seats that are not theirs god said i will give you a seat so Mm -hmm. why are you taking chairs that weren't yours to begin with like Mm -hmm. you said so much so like do you do you trust in god's ability to provide for you it's like hoarding grace that was not earned. Oh. We are worthy oh. because we're So, like, why are you trying? Like, why are you trying to hoard the gospel? Mm-hmm. Do you not even understand how God's grace works in the first place? Mm-hmm. So much Ooh. so, like, our humanity and what He called us to. So, ah, that just give give the chairs back. Give the chairs back. <laughs> Hashtag give the chairs back. <laughs> Oh man, that's no, that's, that's great stuff. Now. Um, so maybe we have about 15 minutes left. Again, if you have questions, please drop those in the question box. We'll take them as we come. Maybe you guys, I think, you know, maybe 
I know it's a tense time and it's a crazy time and there's a lot of sad things happening, but maybe, you know, is there any light that you guys have seen? Are there any conversations that you guys are having? What is giving you hope? Because I think it's also important to highlight those stories as well. Mm. I think, um, well, first, I think it's um, hopeful to see people who haven't been having this conversation before. So it's nice. It's unfortunate how this all came about, but it is nice to see people taking action and questioning their ideology that they may have mm. not questioned before. And I've been seeing a lot of different churches, um, Catholic groups, and just regular non-denominational Christian churches, all of the above, posting their conversations with each other and um, always bringing it back to Jesus. So I know the conversations are being had, and mm. that, that makes me hopeful. And I know that God has always kept his promises and that, you know, his light shines dark, bright in the darkness. And this is a dark time, but so much, mm. so like so much brighter is God's love and what he has um, promised mm. to us. So, um, you know, he's never failed us. And I think that I can just always hold tight to that even when, and if I feel like I'm losing hope. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's hard to have hope in these times because I mean, 2020, come on. Like, it just seems like it's not the right year, right? Like, right, right. <laughs> Would you say, Lynn, you texted me the other day, we're welcome to level six Jumanji or yeah. something? <laughs> but I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe God is talking to us. Like, 2020, He's actually giving us the vision to see what things are really for they are, right? Mm. Like, sin is an illness and it spreads across the world. It just takes being around it, being exposed and breathing in that sin for you to catch it. Go to your homes, go to your domestic church and be with one another, right? Maybe God's telling us that, like, we're under attack. Maybe that's what God is telling us. I don't know. But I, the, the blessing that I see is that, um, you know, before all of this with the stay in places, that people have been able to um, reach out to one another, right? They're showing signs of hope. And while not, some of that is staged, um, yeah, like, like, like Alex said, people are actually having this conversation. The fact that we're talking about this openly now, and mm. on a Catholic mm. forum, I can say Black Lives Matter and not... Woo! Right. The fact that I can say that we've opened up, opened things up. So there's hope here. Right. Mm. Um, and I think we all we, we need to be aware that that there's someone out there. There's something out there that doesn't want us to have this hope. So it'll find a way to squash it. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, like the, these opportunities, seeing all those squares, seeing all those squares that were blacked out. Well, you know, maybe some say it was a good thing. Some say it was a bad thing, but that people are now aware they're mm. not ignorant so this is for anyone who decides just so you know you cannot plead ignorance anymore <laughs> so and that all lives can't matter until black lives matter you have made Woo! that statement by changing your profile so there is an expectant enlightened and you are going to go forward and fight for 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 justice for the black community and and just for god being just just to allow god to now work through you to, to shine a light on all of these sins, right? Let's start here. Let's start with what's what's the ugliest and the scariest to deal with, and that is racism, right? And let's move. Let's 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 keep moving. So. Yeah. Yes. And one thing I wanted to add because that was whew, thank you, Holy Spirit. All um, Holy Spirit. Yeah. All Holy Spirit. All, all Holy Spirit. Spirit. <laughs> oh no, I don't want to be This has all been Holy Spirit. <laughs> the whole forty-six minutes has been Holy Spirit. I lost, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. So keep. <laughs> 
Well, I think we're about, we have about 10 minutes left. I'm thinking, you know, a lot of people have been asking, okay, we're reposting on social media. What can we practically do? What are some practical things? I don't know, educating ourselves and things like that, but maybe your perspective, I think, you know, something I always <laughs> like to lean into is that, you know, we can't have conversation without relationship and how, you know, for those of us who do have black friends yeah. and black family members, what's the best way we can be a support to you guys? Um, I think, gosh, that's hard because obviously everybody is different, but I would just know yeah. that black people everywhere are feeling it's frustrating, especially because this has been an issue that has been fought for generations, not just because of George Floyd. So it's mm. like years and years and years of trying to have your voice heard and it constantly being silenced from multiple different avenues. So mm. I would definitely approach the situation with empathy more than and pray, you know, ask the Holy Spirit for grace to be able to love and understand that you might not understand right away. And that's okay. But you can at least come to a place of understanding that love is needed there. Mm -hmm. um, understand mm -hmm. that their mental might be suffering, their emotional might be suffering. But if you mm -hmm. can shed God's light in that area and be okay with it not being like about you, you know, mm -hmm. like let's not be... Mm -hmm saviors or white yes. saviors and let's just be another disciple in this way mm -hmm. um i think that's the best thing you can do and be proactive you know sign the petitions and listen mm. and also respect when they don't want to talk about it yeah yeah because mm. that's yeah. another thing too that is like we've been talking about it we have been trying to advocate for ourselves and i think now is the chance not to advocate on their behalf but to have those conversations too and not just rely, I mean, it's like being in the classroom in seventh grade and we're talking about history and I'm the only black person and everyone looks at me and asks how I feel about slavery. You know, when mm. it's like, it's not for me to represent, you know, like we all have a duty to fulfill um, the, what God has asked of us. So, you know, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, and yeah, I think, again, going back to identifying, you know, where you are, um, like, I'll admit, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a black woman. I'm a Filipino woman, right? I'm a Filipino-American woman of a, and the mother of a black child, right? So mm. I understand my privilege, right? And, and, and how do I use my privilege in order to help, help her, advocate for her? When I hear, you know, a Filipino uncle or auntie using the word egwet, right? Or itim, mm. or telling the egwet joke, right? You know, like, oh, everyone thinks that's funny. Or even in youth group, when you've got a bunch of Filipinos who are, who are together um, and, and making these jokes. Or when you are um, at church and you hear, you know, you're with the with the professional um, white folks or whatever group it is, and you hear those comments, call it out. That's how you're going to help. We need to identify, again, identify the sin. You don't necessarily need to go to the black person that you know and say, hi, how can I help you in this time of, you know, distress? Mm. You can be a friend, right? You can be a friend. Just, you know, I'm just checking in on you. Like, you know, if there's anything you need. Um, but again, don't don't patronize, you know, like it can be very overwhelming, too. Like I've been suffering this whole time and all of a sudden everybody is woke and now they all want to be my best friend. Right. All right. You mm. know, like, like, listen, really listen. Don't don't give an answer if you don't if they didn't ask the question. Right. Like just 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 listen and be willing to not like she said, to not receive the answer you think you should do. You should have like do your research, get educated, pray for people. Right. Mm. Go, do go get out of your comfort zone. Right. Yeah, and one other thing I wanted to add that I think I was going to say earlier is, like, don't be discouraged um, by people criticizing you. I mean, I hear a lot of Christians yeah. talk about being 
persecuted, right? And having the unpopular opinion. Well, this is an unpopular opinion, so speak about it. You don't have to be validated by other people for it to be what God wanted you or called you to do. So this is going to be something that rubs people the wrong way. That doesn't mean God doesn't want you to speak it. So mm-hmm. don't cut off that vessel because other people don't like what you have to say. I mean, that's what kept mm-hmm. people silent for so long. Mm-hmm. So just know, mm-hmm. hold tight to the Holy Spirit, you know, ask for God's grace and his strength and have the conversation. Be willing to be criticized just like Jesus was and all of the disciples for speaking the gospel. So condemn racism for what it is. We don't want to hear bias or social injustice or all people like call it for what it is and you know pray for people (laughs) yeah well this has been awesome again if you guys have any questions feel free to drop them now um a last um bit you know just to wrap this up how can we pray for you guys (laughs) (laughs) um i would just say for our emotional and mental well-being time just like you were asking for you know how are you keeping hope and i think it's been it's been really sad it's been really hard my mom and i are both like very i would say empathetic people so we feel you know like we feel what's going on and it's draining um and while we love having these conversations like you said it's giving and so i would just say praying for that part that we can stay filled and fed too (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, ladies. We're going to wrap this up. But again, we honor you. We thank you so much um, for the generosity of your hearts and sharing this message with everyone. Um, A lot of people have been asking, we are going to save this live. I will post it to the Famine Fed feed so that you guys are the Famine Fed TV, IGTV, whatever section this goes in. Once it's saved, it will be there. So please feel free to share it with everyone you know. Um, Again, we're going to keep the conversations going um keep having those hard conversations with the people in your lives that you know need they need to be had with um examine yourselves examine your own heart these the community is pouring love i hope y'all see that all the love pouring and i'm gonna let it ride for a little bit more again we're gonna keep talking about this we're praying for you guys we love you guys i love you so much uh for your courage your bravery and just sharing what you're feeling, exposing your hearts to us and uh, breaking your own hearts open so that we can be fed um, with what you have experienced. So thank you very much. Thank you to everybody who has tuned in. So everybody come to the table and stay fed, fam. Deuces. Bye, you guys. Thank you. Famine Fed is a production of Urban Picks, all things to all. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash famonefed. Please like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at famonefed at urbanpicks.com or leave us a comment on the Urban Picks website. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.